1971 was a turbulent time, and Norman Lear's groundbreaking TV show, All in the Family, captured a snapshot of the conflicts that were happening in every American home. Carol O'Connor and Gene Stapleton stood in as the Bunkers, a blue-collar, Nixon-loving couple swamped by a rapidly changing world, while Rob Reiner and Sally Struthers played their children. Michael and Gloria were better educated, underemployed, and socially conscious. Everyone was infuriating to everyone else. It's a timeless setup of generational conflict that rings true today, but the comedy writing was completely new for the time, drawing on subjects like race and class that Lucy and Ricky would have shunned like the plague. Sometimes we forget that ours is not the first time of upheaval in American history, so we decided to travel back, pour some doers over ice, and revisit the show that changed the sitcom. It's time for episode 45 of Toasting the Classics, All in the Family. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. I'm not doing that. No, I can do it. I Swags at me the parade. Guys like guys like us, we had it made. Now, balls were the day. <laughs> now you have to do, and we know where we were. We know where we were. Guys were girls and men were men. Mr. We could use a man like Herbert Hoover again. <laughs> All right. That's getting deleted. No, it should not be deleted. Welcome know, to man. Toasting the Classics. You got me drunk and have made me do a... I didn't get you drunk. That's your drink that you're drinking. I didn't do uh, a thing. Jean Stapleton. Is that, is that her name? Yes. Is that the actress? Yes. My Jean Stapleton is not, a, not an impression I've worked on in the past. So she is a Tony Award winning actress. Uh-huh. I'll have you know, and and uh, Emmy Award winning. Oh no, she's great. No, I'm not. I just mean I, I don't have my Gene Staples. You don't have the chops. Nah, I uh, I grew up in a house that was originally owned by Gene Stapleton, a couple from mm-hmm. New York that were very into the theater. Yeah, and so they wallpapered the downstairs bathroom of the house from 1977 to 1982 with like the style section of the New York Times. <laughs> uh, with like Gene Hirschfeld's like drawing. That sounds so depressing for it some is, reason. I don't is, know why. I just thought it was crazy. I remember we moved in this house when I was six years old and I was like, what is this? And yeah. over the years, I'd sit and I'd read these, you know, all over the bathroom. I read everything about the- Where about, would you sit when you read them? Well, you're sitting on the pot, you know, like looking at- <laughs> But every now and then, some question about the theater comes up and I'm like, oh, I actually know who Anne Bancroft oh, is. Boy. And I know, I know all these people and I just had no connection with it otherwise. Thank God for the shoe packs. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd never know anything about uh, late 1970s uh, theater in New York. Well, welcome to Toasting the Classics. I'm Clint. I'm Dave. Dave MacArthur. This is the uh, the podcast where we we take, take something a that reported pe- classic. Ah, all right. Ah, thank you. All right. And uh, we look at it and we examine it. And dance on it. its grave. Sometimes we <laughs> dance on its grave. Other times we prop it up like Bernie. And, and trot it around and <laughs> right. have people see it again for the first time. And then we decide whether that thing is a classic or not. Because we, we are learned men. Yeah, I suppose you could say that. Yeah, like some you, people you know, have called us that. You don't have to learn something important to be learned. Although the some people is me. But welcome. Today we are, as you can tell from the intro, if Dave doesn't cut it. Mm, I don't know, man. I don't know if I have the cojones to we leave got that it. on. We got to keep it. We can literally watch our downloads dropping <laughs> as people hear us doing, <laughs> That's our, okay. That's doing okay. our Carol Connor impression. I think Carol O'Connor. Is Carol O'Connor or Carol Connor? O'Connor. O'Connor is what I thought. O'Connor. He was O-Irish. He must have been an Irishman. Very O-Irish. So yeah, we're doing All in the Family today. 1971 gem of American TV was released. It's a Norman Lear joint. It is a Norman Lear joint. That's correct. Um, and uh, which, uh, which puts it in good company. Norman Lear was involved with a lot of the biggest shows of that time period, up to about 1985. I think this so. one made him. Uh, yeah, I think that's yeah, fair to say. Yeah, he, yeah. he came up with this. And uh, after this, everything was kind of a spinoff. The Jeffersons spinoff from this. Um, but he also did Sanford and Sons. Maud. And he also did yeah. uh, <clears throat> Too Close for Comfort, or is it One Day at a Time? I, I get those I think, two, I think One Day at a Time. I think time. it's One Day at a Time. Yeah. I always get those two mixed up. Sanford and Sons and this based on British television shows. Right. Right. I can't remember what they're called. I know, you're ruining That's probably was going to be my biggest surprise. I oh, had no idea that that was the case. So, I'll, so we'll save that. We'll talk about that again in 58. You're talking uh, about Sanford and Son, obviously, Both. Right? Both Sanford and Son and this. I had no idea there were You didn't think there was black people in London. So uh, coming this back This show wouldn't th- have to be about <laughs> black people. This is just about, a, gener- this is about a generational conflict. Oh, this okay. It's <laughs> not really... Race is present in this show, in this show, uh-huh. but it's mostly that the attitudes towards race are different between right. the boomers and the greatest generation. 
Right. That's that's the the joke is the difference between the generations, not so much any particular belief of the generations. And uh, and also we'll get into what do we think is is, is Archie Bunker is is it is a bigot? He's bigoted. He says ignorant things. Yes, but he's not. Is that what bigoted means? Ignorance. I think bigoted bigoted is that you have biases that I, you're. I think I think you don't yeah. really you judge people by the group that they're in and not by the person. <laughs> but. Uh, frankly, I think you'd come up with a thousand definitions of it. Yeah. For me, it's like, uh, you know, it's a person who has an idea of what Irish people are like. So mm-hmm. when they meet an Irish person, they just assume they're like what they've, what they've learned about okay. that group. That would right. be a bigot to okay. me. That would be bigotry. Maybe. I could, I could yeah. be just – that's just my definition. I could <clears> be wrong. <throat> that's, that's bias. That's okay. um, prejudice. You okay. know, prejudice is like judging – that's what prejudice literally means, judging something before – Right. Pre Jewish. Yeah, pre So right. it'd be, you know, you know, this is what Irish people are like, so now I know what you're like. You know? Yeah. This is what well, black people are like. I so always now I always I know think what you're of like, like ignorance is, is like a, a child is ignorant of things. Yeah, ignorance is right. lack of knowledge. Right. Lack of knowledge about something. Ignorance so is, I think can be excused, right? I, yeah, and, like and so that's is that's, ignorant. that's why I like so is bigotry excusable because if it's coming from a place of ignorance then you are implying that it could Here, be excused because I've, you just don't know here's what i've always thought i've known some people like this and they could be uh bigoted or prejudiced or whatever because mm-hmm. of where they're from usually from a small town they don't know anybody that's different than them okay. but the way you react <coughs> to the situation of oh, finding out you're prejudiced mm-hmm. would be what you could judge okay if somebody's from some t- you know like i met this couple once they were from south dakota and they said they'd never met anybody who was black until they were like in their 20s mm-hmm. And I was like, I find that hard to believe, but okay. And in that situation, if you grew up with prejudices, you know, and then you move back east and you move meet a bunch of people who are African American, mm-hmm. what you do in that situation is what you'd be judged by. I see. Do you realize, oh, no, I was being stupid. I learned the wrong things. Mm-hmm. That would be a good person. Mm-hmm. And then a person that just died in the wool keeps going with being ignorant. That person would be bad. You could judge that person. Right. To some extent, it's kind of like, it's not fair to judge people if they, you know, like I met people in the Middle East and they'd say things about Americans, they'd say things about Jews, and you're like, to some extent they don't know any better. Okay. So you're like, until you meet people from these places, you know, I'm an American, what do you think now? Like, that'd be when you could judge them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to say. I mean, it's like when we, we judge people, we judge historical yeah. characters by the same standard. It's like. Well, it's, it's you know, a lot of that's fluid. I mean, the, the definition right. of racism is, is quite fluid and it's changed a lot in the last few years. I think a racism um, is one of those terms like feminism mm-hmm. that I need to ask you what you mean by it before, you, before I answer any questions. <laughs> a basic definition of, of like feminism, for instance, is a belief that the gender should be equal. Right. Nobody's going to disagree with that. It's a basic one. Everybody's a feminist. It's a basic one. Everybody's right. a feminist yeah. by that definition. Yeah. But like, you might ask me, "Are you a feminist?" And I'd have to be like, I'd have to be looking yeah. at you with my prejudice, what do you and be like, mean? "What do yeah. you yeah. mean?" Yeah. By yeah. That? Right. Well, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. But in any case, obviously, we're talking about the belo- Archie Bunker's the, not a feminist. The beloved character of Archie Bunker, right? Classic character, <clears throat> important character, mm-hmm. a character that still gets us to talk today. I don't know if everybody would say they love this character. Well, I think he's beloved because he's classic and important I, I think i think because he, he is the catalyst for a lot of the conversations that occurred as a result of his i think it's manifestation a, i think it's a brilliantly drawn character right so in that sense you could say i love this character mm-hmm. as in the character that norman lear created is a brilliant character right but do i love archie bunker would be a much more complicated discussion because I think a, that, half is of the, a, that is a really good discussion. I actually. think half of the point of Archie Bunker's character is because he's not a bad guy. Mm-hmm. If you watch the show, he says some dumb, prejudiced, bigoted stuff, but he's not a bad person except for that. Now, for some people, they just be like, no, this is a bad person. Anybody mm-hmm. with these beliefs is bad. But what they, I think what they're trying to show is that with some love is that they're showing – and most of us know people, especially intergenerationally. We know people that we love because they're in mm-hmm. our family who said things like this, who thought things Absolutely. like this. And so it shows to most Americans or especially most white Americans, most of us have people in our family who are like this. You know, and we don't hate them because of that. They're still our grandparents or whatever they were. You know, I think that's why you got to show the guys being a human being right? as not being such a bad guy. He's not, he's not out there burning crosses on people's lawns. He's not evil. Right. He's dumb. He says dumb things. Right. He, like, is friends with black people. So, which a lot of the, which, by the way, a lot of the people who would criticize someone like Archie Bunker, that would not be true of them. They wouldn't have any 
associates right. who didn't look just like them. A lot of people up there in their ivory towers in Boston and places like that would only be associating with people that look like them and saying Archie Bunker was a bad person. I'm talking about in the 60s and 70s, by the way, not mm-hmm. today. No, you're probably but, right. Yeah. But, they, but they would be looking down their nose at Archie Bunker, but then living in their lily white yeah. you know, areas and not, not associating well, with What makes somebody beloved? I don't know. I mean, what's a beloved character? A beloved name, character. Name one beloved character from. Yeah, there. I mean, Mickey Mouse is a beloved character. God, he's so freaking annoying, though. Right, but Mickey Mouse is everybody loves Mickey Mouse. When I was a kid, okay. when I got to meet Mickey Mouse at Disney World, mm-hmm. it was a big deal. So, like, belo- I was like, so a beloved character has no rough edges. Is Wolverine a beloved character? <laughs> Wolverine's an antihero. You're, you're, right? you're getting into the the weeds on that because. Because I don't know how many people would really recognize that. Could you pour some water? What? In there? Who Wolverine is? Yeah. What are you talking about? My mom would. No water. Okay. Oh water. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well now I'm you got ice. Out, I'm trying to rinse out got, my glass from, from the previous uh, sloppy. Oh, uh, we did this back to back. Yeah. So if this sounds particularly. My, my mom would not know who the heck Wolverine well, okay. was. Okay. Anybody under the age of. So is Wolverine beloved? Is Wolverine yeah, a beloved not. character? And people do love that character, but is he beloved? Would you? Tr- I wouldn't like necessarily want Wolverine to come over to dinner. You know, but I think you know. I think I think Archie Bunky, Bunker is like. I think people probably look at him as like some old softy that says stupid things. Right. Right. Most white people. Yeah. I think most people who weren't white would just be like, this is the same son of a bitch that causes me problems yeah. day in, day no, you're out. Yeah, you're probably right. You know? No, you're probably... That's so probably there'd be a different take on it. I mean, they might yeah. be able to understand, maybe by watching a show like this, they'd be able to understand that not yeah. everybody that talks this way is such a bad guy down at heart. And, and, and it almost gives me... Well, it's <clears> one of the most cheering things about it is that it shows that maybe you could get to somebody like this. Mm-hmm. Maybe if somebody acts like this and they're a decent person down inside, right. maybe if you talk to them and dialogue with them, maybe you could change them. This is not really the enemy. This is this is the guy that, that this is the guy who's like the pawn who's in play between the bad guys and the good guys. You know? yeah, I don't know, man. He might he's, the, he's the swing Trump. Was voter, he seen as the enemy though? Because essentially the, the whole the whole show was about intergenerational differences, right? I mean today his racial views would be ridiculously of beyond course. the pale. Nobody would of hold them. But for but, then it's, but in, in it's 19, right of center. In nineteen seventy one though yeah, no, I don't. I, I yeah, it I think it's have, right it of might, center. I think it might have been closer to center. I think oh, right, I think, right. I think okay. Meathead, uh, yeah. Meathead. I mean, remember there were people running Meathead, as open right. segregationist candidates exactly. at, the, at this time. Well, George so. Wallace ran for president right. in '68. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, so. Uh, three years earlier. Right. So it's a very different time. Right. Um, and nowadays we're all like, okay, boomer. So I think, yeah. We're, we're, everybody's exactly. always talking about how bad Rob Reiner's generation exactly, is. And I'm like, right? uh, Rob Reiner's generation is the ones that were fighting Archie Bunkers right. in the world. Like, right. they're not the enemy. The, one of the but it's the dynamics between that generation, you know, Meathead's generation and then Archie Bunkers. So you've got sure. like the, yeah. the Vietnam versus the World War II generations, right. you know. And they're both, <sighs> yeah. playing, they're both playing what they aren't. Mm-hmm. Which is Archie Bunker, Carol Connor, Carol Connor is an Irish dude, mm-hmm. probably would have been more liberal than Archie. And Rob Reiner, in reality, is a Jewish guy who would have been way more, would have been even more liberal. Carol O'Connor was hugely liberal. Yeah. Hugely That's what I mean. Liberal. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, yeah. yeah. So he's more like Kennedy. His demographic is Kennedy. These are Irish guys from the big cities. I think you know, he was like, more liberal than Kennedy. Well, actually. maybe, maybe. Yeah. But the demographic, I'm saying, yeah, the ethnic sure. component, you know, they're playing, he's playing a waspy. You know, yeah. I mean, like that exists. What, what's a waspy blue collar guy? But he wasn't a wasp. He was a Catholic. He was a. Were they? Were they Catholic? Okay, maybe yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, he's Irish. Irish what's Catholic. their bunker? I think I think they're supposed to be like Catholic. Okay, maybe. Yeah, I think yeah. they're like Could white be. Catholic immigrant type of thing. I mean, they lived in Queens. That's where Carol O'Connor grew up. Well, Queens, yeah. I think, in the 60s and 70s was plausibly a place for just white dude Americans to live. Yeah. Like Peter Parker. Well, yeah. Peter bl- Parker's supposedly from Queens. Yeah. Today, Miles Morales makes a lot more sense than Peter Parker. Right. Right? Like, they do Peter Parker in the movie, and you're like, where is this kid living? I don't know. <laughs> Where's Peter right. Parker growing up in right. Queens? Queens? Like, what, what's happening Yeah, there? no, yeah. at the time, it was, like, blue collar. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, All those people live in Long Island now. <laughs> or Jersey or Connecticut or something like that. Yeah, they, they moved out <laughs> in the left. 70s. Yes. They've left. Okay. My family uh, was so from So you there's a white exodus? Absolutely, white, white absolutely. My, my family was like a blue-collar uh, D.C. family living in southeast D.C., which would have been very similar to Queens up until the 60s and 70s, the same time period. My granddad was a cop, and basically I think they were the last family on the block, the last white family on the block. And mm-hmm. the southeast D.C. is like stereotypically African-American neighborhood mm-hmm. today, even more so than anything in Queens. Everybody just cleared out. Everybody just moved out of the neighborhood, and 
after the riots, mm-hmm. uh, that was that really accelerated it. Like I think that's 60, 68? 69, I think. Yeah. Long but in those couple of years yeah. there, I think everybody just took off. Everybody that was still staying just left. Anybody that was middle class that could afford to leave left. And that's where you get what we picture Southeast DC from the seventies and eighties was like the white flight basically left the city with no capital. Yeah. And well, we call it urban decay, right? I mean, that's kind of what they yeah. labeled at the time. Yeah, sure. So he was a response to actually, I mean, he was a response to the kind of the thing, you know, changing in America in 70, you know, in the late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, it was completely different time where he had this kind of button down Nixon Republican America versus. So, yeah, the generational conflict is clearly the plot of the show. Right. In in the sense that a sitcom has a situation, Mm -hmm. the situation is boomers and greatest generation living under the same room. Right. Uh, Educated versus blue collar. Right. Right. Because Rob Reiner's because because Meathead is a college guy, Mm -hmm. college boy is no job. He's a graduate student. Highly educated. Right. Him and Sally Struthers, I think, are both college educated, Mm -hmm. whereas Archie's working his butt off and he's a blue collar guy. Right. And that's, I do would you, say. Do you know what he did? Uh, he worked in a warehouse of some kind. But he was a taxi driver? Was he and on he the docks? A, and a dock worker. Yeah. yeah. Docks seems like a reasonable job. Dock worker and taxi driver. Yeah. My granddad was a cop and then retired from the police force because of his blood pressure and was a cab driver. Okay. Him and my uncle were both cab drivers in D.C. And it was it was rough. Yeah. It was rough. There's I, I, I looked up, when we first got the internet, I looked up my uncle and I got this, this newspaper story. This guy tried to rob him. Right. And yeah. like my, my uncle was like, all right, all right, whatever. And the guy just shot like at my uncle's face. And he had these great big thick glasses and he hit him in the <clears throat> hit him in the face. But the, it went it, it the bullet glanced off of his big thick Coke bottle glasses. Oh, and my uncle was this gigantic, like 300 pound dude. And he like picked up the guy and put him on the ground and sat on him until the cops got there. <laughs> <laughs> and Good they had a him. picture of him in the Washington Post with his broken glasses that he got shot in. Like, wow. he's, like showing them. Uh, my grandfather got robbed one time. A guy. Uh, you know, put the gun in his back and he was like, give me your money. He's like, all right. He gave him his money. And then like guy got out and my grandfather looked and he realized it was a Coke bottle. Didn't even have a gun. My grandfather was like, oh, he's like, he's like, I'm a cop. I'm smarter than that. (laughs) But what are you going to do? You don't know what it is. So Carol O'Connor would be almost a hundred years old now. He He died not that long ago, right? Like it was in the two thousands when he died. Was it? I think so. I think it was like 2004 or something like that. He, uh, you know, he had a really interesting life. He was a very enlightened guy he was living in europe when he got uh-huh. this part when he got the call for this part yeah so when he got this call when norman lear called him for this part i think he was li- living in italy at the time uh-huh. i think he was teaching acting school or something like that, or art maybe in italy and carol uh, o'connor was. yeah carol o'connor I mean, was he was just hanging out in, in europe sometimes we forget this wife. i mean they're actors right actors are not they're they, not business people. Are they're, they? not, they're not business people yeah, they're, they're not conservatives they're bohemian. they're not you know yeah. they're, they're bohemians you know yeah. you don't get to be an actor so, and 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 actually the agreement that he made to come and, and test for this part was because Carol O'Connor didn't think that this, this show would get picked up. Uh-huh. One of the agreements was that uh, you have to buy me a return ticket back to Italy when it doesn't get picked up. Oh, okay. So That's pretty he came funny. over here and, and did the stuff, and it got picked up, so he never never. So who were the other people that – well, but, but they did the original pilot like three years before the show yeah, got picked up, so, so they must have gone back to three, Italy. Three pilots. Well, he didn't do the first two. Oh, okay. So uh, I can't remember who did the first two, but the people that were Well, the big actor that was supposed to take the part was was Jackie Gleason. But Mickey Rooney was the one that was the closest. And he he thought that this was un-American. Sure, it wasn't Andy Rooney. Well, it would be similar. Probably have a similar take. My grandfather loved Andy Rooney. He used to talk about him all the time. Andy Rooney, yeah. Never saw Andy Rooney. I don't know who he is. Biggest eyebrows of the world. My grandfather would always be like, I was listening to Andy Rooney today, and he's a wonderful American. I'd be like, all right. It was great. It was a great segment on 60 Minutes because all he did was complain. You yeah. know, about whatever. Is Let's there, talk about gas prices. So speaking of the greatest generation, uh, this yeah. 2020, 2022, is there anybody in the greatest generation who's still a prominent voice in the culture today? Boy, that's a good question. They'd have to be like um, 100 years old. Yeah, I don't know. And Betty White um, just died. She would have been the last one that I could think of. Uh, that's a prominent voice. That's the thing. I mean, Norman Lear's still voice. alive, by the way. Well, Norman Lear. But he's not. A voice. I mean, I haven't. He still does it. He's still doing stuff. He's still yeah. active, though. Okay. You know, he's still still completely active. But I don't think there's anybody this old that's still doing a lot. Yeah. I mean, who's still out? I mean, like I said, Betty White. You'd see her. She was out there saying yeah. things and making comments about. Well, he's behind the camera, like you know. But, but um, I mean, think he's still writing. He just did the uh, 
did the reunion. I, I think Live Jefferson and One Day at a Time. Okay, he was involved what? with the One Day at a Time reboot. Yeah, yeah. That was he, on Netflix he did that, or whatever. Yeah, right. Gosh, who else? I had a podcast I was listening to for a while about the golden days of baseball. Uh-huh. It was the the oldest living Major League Baseball player, this guy Eddie Robinson, mm-hmm. and he would. I mean, he you know took time off to fight in World War II and stuff like that, and he like. Uh, Turned 100, and then the podcast went off the air because he died like, a couple weeks <laughs> no. later. I was, yeah, I was so bummed. I was like, man, oh, no. I really look forward to that podcast That would have been cool. Like, yeah. Hearing a voice from those times. Sure. Like a cool guy from those times. Like There's somebody a, that you don't have to – he's not cringy at all. Like he's what you want somebody. He's like, you know, Captain America. I mean, he's just like a really cool Total guy. side path here. Okay. And, and keep this in, but great book. Uh, it's called um, Once – I think it's called Once Summer Okay. Uh, by Bill Bryson. And it's just the summer of 1927. It's it's just like May through. I hear the Yankees are pretty good that year. Yeah, the Yankees yeah. had had a bit of a run. Bit of a run, yeah. Uh, there's a guy named Babe. 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 a guy that was hitting in yeah, a Ruthian fashion. He he, yeah. uh, he did something fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like that was just one thing though. Uh, mm-hmm. You had like Lindbergh's flight. Yeah, that's it, true. Just on and on and on, and he and he goes month by month, almost like day by day, throughout the whole summer. Right. And uh, it's an incredible summer because it's everything like huge, all these these amazing seminal things mm-hmm. happen in America. Sure. Uh, in 1927, so Bill Bryson, I think it's called One Summer. Definitely recommend it. Okay. If you're if you're a Yankees fan or if you're a baseball fan, it's a great book to get. No, I'm not a huge Yankee fan. I'm, okay, if you're a ba- that's why I said baseball. My fan. plan, my plan. So I grew up hating the Yankees. Uh-huh. And my plan moving to New York now is I figure I have an 11 year old son who can talk yeah. about baseball intelligently and tell you about Jackie Robinson, knows his yeah, history and stuff like that, knows about baseball, mm-hmm. has never seen the Yankees win the World Series in his lifetime. So I feel like it's legit for us to start going to Yankee games yeah. and be like fans because we're not some – he's not going to be some guy that there's has so, seen the Yankees so win much, every year. There's you know? just so much history, American history. Well, that's what I mean. But, but for a while there, I was like, yeah, but they're winning every year. Yeah. That's not fun. I can't right. be a fan of this. But like now it's a team. Yeah. It's like how the Red Sox were when I was a kid. as a team with a ton of history. Right. I love the city. There's, and yet – and they're not some – They're a snake bit. Yeah. yeah. They're, right. not some, they're not some right. – like, uh, juggernaut team that wins right. all the time. It'd be fun. It'd be fun right. if they win. It'd be the first time the city's seen, first time someone Alex's age has seen the What were the Yankees win. doing in 1971? 1971, the Pirates beat the Baltimore Orioles in the World Series that year, okay. which is how the 70s came in and how the 70s go out. The 79, oh, they also right, were beaten yeah. by the all the uh, We Are Family team with yeah. Willie Stargell and all those guys. Yeah. Um, 1971, the Yankees were coming off a good decade in the 60s, and then they weren't good again until 77, 78. They won back-to-back World Series, I think. Yeah. Um, and that was the last time until I was in college, actually. It was like a 16-year, 18-year run where they didn't win. Had this been an earlier episode okay. uh, about Archie Bunker, we would have had uh, some, like, cheap beer that they had back in the 70s. Right, we had High Life, which is apparently our go-to. I think we've done it a couple of times. Yeah. Maybe even no, it wasn't High Life. No, we had Coors. That was Coors Banquet beer we had last oh, time. Oh, okay. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So I am drinking a cheap blended scotch. Yeah. So um, This is a familiar label from my uh, my house growing right. up. Cheap, so, cheap blended scotch. Is Archie, like, yours Ar- is not that bad. Archie Bunker, would, was it Kelly's Bar? He would go to. Uh, I don't know. I didn't he would, get he would that. go to a neighborhood bar. Well, it became Archie's place. Uh, Did I ever tell you off. what um, the old uh, the old Russian Jewish grandma and my family asked my wife when we first started dating? Oh God! What? She was like, "Is it is it going to be okay with you when he hangs out at the Irish bar all the time?" Oh jeez! <laughs> so it's like a, it's been a running gag in our family for twenty years. Like, I'm always like, "Oh, is that why you go to El Patty's all the time?" El Patty. I never thought of that before. <laughs> El That's Patio's. funny. El Patty. Oh, El Patio's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. That's great. I never yeah, thought of that. I finally found an Irish bar. In yes, that's El Patio's. But we have like a running gag about that. That's, like, that's I, was saying, I was saying to her, I was like, hey, we're moving to New York. There actually might be some, an Irish bar some Irish in the neighborhood that I could go to. So. Well, he would, Archie Bunker would go to, I think it was Kelly's Place or something like that. Could be. Uh, all the time. That was his, his go-to bar. And he ended up buying it. That was a spinoff. I think it was called Archie's Place or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, after uh, All in the Family shut down. And oh, I think, he bought the place. Yeah, yeah. he bought he bought yeah. the bar. Archie's Place, I think. Was, yeah. yeah, I was thinking like, what what was it that he, <laughs> what was it that that he would, uh, that he would drink, other than just cheap beer, which is pretty much what he always drank in the episode. All right, so pour, pour me some of that scotch. <laughs> Apparently, I need more. So what would a uh, what would a blue collar worker drink? That's, he, that's fine. He would drink. Cheap blended scotch and soda water. 
So yep. we're having an old classic, we're having a scotch and soda, man. Scotch and soda. Well, not soda. Scotch and water. Scotch and soda is a solid, a solid drink. Oh, we are it's having a scotch soda and soda. Water. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't, I'm sorry. I didn't have faith in you. I bring this real stuff when I bring it. This is a great drink. Schlenta. If you haven't had a, a, a scotch and soda, which is scotch and soda water. That's good. It's actually, for those of you who are like me, body conscious, it's also very low in calories, uh, low carbs. Good drink. It's a great drink. Great right? drink. It, uh, it takes that edge off of scotch, especially cheap scotch. You know, you wouldn't. You I wouldn't, could drink scotch all day. I don't care what kind. But you I, wouldn't drink this with like an 18-year-old, you know, expensive <laughs> scotch. My mother, would you? my mother, God rest her soul. Uh-huh. I She was like, what would you like for Christmas one time? And I was like. You know, I really don't like a lot of stuff. Like, I'm at a point in my life where if I want something, I go and get it. I was like, get me something consumable, you know, that I'd, I'd use and it'd be gone. Like, I'd like a nice bottle of scotch. <laughs> uh, okay, I know she where got, this is going. because me. because Have you seen my, this bottle? Did I show you this bottle? No, but my mom would do the same thing. It was this absolute, just, just <laughs> like vat of cheap scotch in a plastic <laughs> right. bottle. Right. And I had it for the longest time because every time I'd go and, and she I'd, was probably so proud when she gave it to you. She, I mean, it was I, it was a lovely like, gift. Look at that! And every look time I'd walk you. out there and I'd see this bottle, I'd pour myself a glass. And I and I was after she passed, I'd have a glass once every couple of Aww. weeks, and I'd be like, "Oh, it's like you know the, the scotch that mom yeah. gave me," and I'd have a little laugh. Yeah. You know, that she would kill me if she heard me laughing. Right, right, about right, it. right, right. She used to do that all the time with presents. She'd give like the goofiest presents. Like yes, one year she got me. I asked for a dartboard. Uh-huh. I used to like to play darts. So it's like so, cheapo, no, like suction cup. No, no. Things. I open it up. It's just beautiful, expensive, dartboard cabinet. Okay. With no dartboard. <laughs> <laughs> so I just well, had for well, years it's, it's as a teenager. I just had this dartboard cabinet. It's kind of like getting somebody a door knocker when they don't have a house. Right. Yeah. It was just. <laughs> awesome. It was just funny. We, we just used to have a, a laugh about that. That again, my mother would have killed me if anybody. Oh, yeah. She was a very prideful person. Would have hated that. We were, well. Scotch and soda. If you got cheap scotch, get get some soda water. Mix it up. It actually, you know, tastes pretty good. Yeah, not, no, not a bad drink at all. I like it. I like it quite a bit. I don't. Yeah, don't love drinking seltzer by itself. Don't yeah. love drinking crappy scotch by itself. But right. you put the two together, and you got something. So, so did you did you laugh out loud at all during yes, this episode? Yes. Okay. Which yes, part? Which is surprising. I mean, for something this old, it's it's quite funny. I definitely so, was. So this laughing. is different than George Carlin, Bill Cosby. Right? Because um, those are about the same time. You didn't laugh out loud on those. I didn't laugh loud at, at either of those performances. Um, no, I agree. Although I used to think, I mean, some of George Carlin's bits are funny and some of Bill Cosby's bits are funny. Those albums we yeah. listened to were not good. Were not. Um, so, so what parts did you did you laugh out? Did you lulls? Uh, quite a bit. I thought quite a bit of it is funny. Quite a bit of it is like top-notch sitcom writing gags and, and, writing. and timing it's, it's right good. and the timing is terrific it's just still good it's still I, I, because this show is 10 12 years ahead of its time yeah and so the oh, good easily, shows easily the ones i grew up and cut my huh? teeth on like cheers and night court and right, roseanne yeah. so and things yeah. like that have huh? the same kind of roseanne by the way has a lot of the dna of this show in it because it's very yeah. it's it was one of the first shows i saw in my life where i was like that's a real house. Well, it's I like was like, a, that looks like a real person's house. It sounds like a real like an, family. Well, they're evolutions of the honeymooners. That's what this one yeah, is. Yeah, or I've loved Lucy. You know, I and always thought yeah. honeymoon, honeymooners is kind of like a darker version of I Love Lucy yeah, in a I way. Yeah, I suppose so. You know, but, but sort of Batman uh, and Superman yeah, of sitcoms a little bit. So. Like, well, when you get when you I get mean, the guy's always threatening to beat his wife. Yeah, exactly. Like Ricky, Ricky doesn't threaten to beat Lucy. Exactly. That's a little dark. So, but I mean, which gag did you laugh at first? Do you remember? Because I, I remember mine. Mm, unfortunately, it's been like two weeks or two <laughs> but I definitely was laughing at the first show because there's a lot of um, the bits where they're kind of tricking Archie into thinking he's Jewish. Thinking he's Jewish. Yeah. I thought that was pretty that funny. That was pretty funny. That, that, that holds up. Like, it's that's, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. It's, it's okay. Yeah, You're yeah, Jewish. That's yeah, fine. Like, yeah, it's, no that's I, that's I still it. funny. I, look, look, how, look how he talks with his hands. He's very expressive. Now, that's not a, that's not a stereotype of Jews I have. No? That's Italians. Oh, okay. For me, Italians, like, and I'm talking about, I don't know about Italian-Americans, because that, I think, is an ethnicity that's sort of less visible thing. I I think there's a lot of cultures. But when you go to Italy, when you go to Italy, I remember watching this one, like, eight-year-old girl walking with her family, and she was, like, talking to her family, and she was, like, she was like, <laughs> and she was like waving her hands while she talked. That's and I was like, talks? that I was like, that is an Italian that's stereotype. An Italian person, that yeah. little girl is. She was born in 2014. Okay, what's the uh, Archie? What's Archie's wife's name? Judith, right? That is Edith. Edith. Thank Edith. you. Edith. Yeah. Edith. Edith. Okay. So, Edith. Uh, okay. So the part that I just I just died on 
was uh, he's talking about how, how uh, Meathead and his wife, you know, are, are carrying on. And he's like, we never did that. Me and your, me and your mother. Oh, yeah, yeah. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah, two years we're engaged. Not we, even we, then. We never, we never did yeah. anything like that. And she's like, yeah. Even on the wedding night, yeah. <laughs> he looks at her. They actually oh so a lot, God, of the, a lot of the commentary I saw about the show actually uh, made a point that then in the pilot, uh, Edith is giving as good as she gets, far more than she ever does in the rest of the show. Right. She's a different character in that first episode. Yeah, she's very submissive, very kind of a doormat in in general. Yeah. Like yeah, later on, yeah. yeah. And in the first one, she like gets him a couple of times. Yeah, a Mr. Religion here. Yeah, you Mr. Know, like Religion some here. Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, their accents are hilarious. Everybody's accent is hilarious. Oh, you know, you it. rarely hear people talk like this. I had a um, my stepdad's grandmother, who I always thought of as being my great grandmother, but she was around and she was like this little old Jewish lady born in 1900, and she had this accent that was just amazing. Yeah. And every once in a while, she'd say something. I remember she said she said one time, she's like, "It was like butter." It was like butter. And I was like, oh, that's what Mike yeah, Myers says. I've awesome. never actually heard that butter. expression. She was like, it was like butter. And I was just like, okay, so people that's actually great. say that. That's, that's so a really great. funny expression. I love it. No, the way I, they talk. I, Even Rob Reiner has got the accent. Oh, they all have. Yeah, they all have. They all do. I mean, it's, a lot of people have that back Working in class, New York. You know. I, was visiting, I was visiting my wife and uh, her family in Brooklyn one time. And we were walking down the street. And there were these, like, four, like, Russian kids, like, playing stickball in the parking lot of the drugstore, which is already a story from the 1920s. Yeah, right? absolutely. And this one kid throws a pitch, and it breaks away from the one guy, and he misses, and the other one goes, that was a sinker. That was a sinker. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm in, like, the, the Newsies or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're it was great. It was read great. all about it. <laughs> I, wish, I wish everybody still talked like that so That's you knew so where great, you were man. at yeah, all times. Absolutely. You know? And then the, uh, the two – did you know that the uh, two chairs – actually, I think just his chair – is in the Smithsonian. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With beer and ashtray. Right. The beer can and ashtray, but right. the uh, the end table or side table or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if someone of the current generation, you know, would know uh, what that was. Zennials or or millennials or whatever would watch this, but if they did, it would ring true. They would watch this and they'd be like, "This is the same." They would know it. I think anybody like my daughter, for instance, would watch on the family, and have the. The presence of mind to like apply it to today okay. and the conversations that she has with me and her mother, like you know, the generational yeah. conflicts. No, no, absolutely, you know, well, are still would still ring true. It's You'd always just be like, be like that, yeah, for yeah. sure. But but that actually brings up a really good question: Could this be made today? I mean, you'd have to change it for today's climate, but yeah, absolutely, a generational conflict show about blue collar versus educated. I think what a hundred percent. It would almost you, have to be somebody. It would have to be a different ethnicity to ring true. In 2022, to have somebody, it would have to be like a Mexican family because the dad would be the blue collar guy and the kids would be better educated. That would ring, or they actually tried to do a version uh -huh. in the 90s with a black family that moved into the old Archie Bunker house. Okay. And it was the same conflict because the parents were like older generation, like MLK, you know, civil rights movement, and the son <laughs> mm -hmm. was a more wealthy, upwardly mobile black guy who was more of a, like not a Republican, but like more conservative in that okay. way. Mm -hmm. And they would argue that way, which I think was a, if you mm. think about it, a great idea for a show. Yeah. It didn't go anywhere, but I think that's a pretty clever idea for a show. Huh. The reversal there. But you don't think, you don't think that, that the sensitivity, like the knee jerk reaction sensitivity to like racism and bigotry today would, ow, would shut the well, show down? Well, like I said before, you couldn't have a character be say the exact same things Archie Bunker said, because that would be a ridiculously racist and conservative person for okay. today's standards. But you could have older parents with different views in their kids, and that would ring true. But even if it was about race and ethnicity Absolutely. and things like that? Absolutely. So? But it would just be a different take on things. Huh. And it would be more likely, like, have you ever seen the show Blackish? No. It would be like that. It would be the conflict between the guy Spoiler who alert. I, I don't watch TV. No, so I, I, I just don't. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I read and I. Well, this I, was on. This was yeah. about ten years ago that that was on. But because mm -hmm. I used to watch uh, Modern Family, which is a terrific show. Never seen highly that would re highly yeah. recommend. That's that's as good as this. I mean, that's a mm -hmm. classic comedy show from the 21st century. Yeah. But a lot of the humor was about the dad was kind of like grew up on the streets and was like a little bit more of a blue collar guy, and his kids had grown up in Beverly Hills. It was a bit like Fresh Prince. Yeah, you know. Say. And uh, a lot of the humor was about. Sometimes he would say dumb stuff, you know. He wasn't quite Archie Bunker, but he was just like a little more hood than his mm -hmm. kids. 
and the conflict between the generations sure, there. Sure. And that's just all in the family. So it's the same plot I was just, in the you know, show. I'm just wondering if, like, like just the, the general joke kind of dynamics, like, have you ever seen the movie Tropic Thunder? I think so. With, oh, uh, oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. With, uh, with um, Robert Downey Jr. in Blackface. Robert, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously they can never make that today. I mean, that the, the environment is much more sensitive than it was at that time. That was the whole damn that was joke. The, like, the whole point, right? Yeah, I, but they, they would not let them do it today. So I'm wondering, like, yeah. if you had a racist bigot. And, and that's the thing is, like, by saying that, Oh yeah, you could do you could do this, but inter, inter you know intergenerational, and it would be different. No, no, no. It have to be a racist bigot. One of the bravest things I've seen anybody do uh-huh. in a film in the last ten years is uh, Taika Waititi playing Hitler in Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, and it's like clearly if you watch the movie, you get it. Like you're yeah. like this is a set. This is hundred percent a send up. Yeah. But just when he pitched that, just the the, the chutzpah it took. Right. To, to go in there and be like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a movie where I play Hitler. Right. You know, like the reaction in 2022 would be like, no, you can't do that. You know, yeah. but he had the he had the where he just went for it. Yeah. And it's it's so funny. It's it's See, like Dan, Robert Downey Jr. putting on blackface, right. but he's making fun of the guys who go deep within to play a character right. and how incredibly tone deaf you'd have to be to put on blackface right. and do that. <laughs> That's what's funny you about people. it. What do you mean, you, know? you people? What do you mean, what do you, you people? Mean, yeah. yeah. You know, it's hilarious. It's a hilarious bit, you right. know, but it's, I don't know. I don't know if people could handle that. Well, it's, it's, I, I think people, it's, see, we've had this conversation. had this conversation lamp- before. It's being able to lampoon yourself because that's what they're doing. There Is was there- a professor of Chinese. Yes. And I don't remember what university. Right. Off the top of my head, I think it's Yale, okay. but I could be wrong. But the phrase in Chinese, you have, is nego. So when you're saying a sentence in Chinese mm-hmm. that says you have something, it starts with negob, like, no, 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 you know. And he was fired because people complained that it sounded like he was saying the N-word. And I'm like, that's, that's stupid when people are just world, idiots. Right? So yeah. that's just, I mean, you're just an idiot. Like, I don't right. have any respect for somebody that comes a complaint like that. Right. Why can't anybody ever intercede and just be like, uh, yeah, I understand you're looking for attention by making this complaint, but you're a moron and right. we're going to move on to other business. Yeah. Nobody can ever do that. It's like you have to pay attention. Everybody's well, dumb. And, and that's sort of what I'm saying here is like, you know, y- you can say, well, yeah, we can make this show today. Like, energy. no, no, no. That That's totally different than what he was doing. He was being a racist bigot. Well, bigot, at least. Well, it would be ignorant, different. It would be different. Bigger, it, 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 the conversation today would be. In a, it, if you were trying to have a white household today mm. and the interge- intergenerational conflict, which they've been doing on the most recent Sex in the City reboot that they just that they just put out, there's a lot of <laughs> never seen it. Lack of understanding of like is a lot that the generational conflict is about how older people view trans issues mm-hmm. and gay issues and okay. things like that. That's where the generational That's conflict would it's be at, yeah. because you know sometimes I'm talking past my kids. Yeah. You know, like we're just not. We're not connecting on what we're talking about there. And uh, probably history will just look back and be like, oh, you were an idiot for me. Right, just be like, right. you're dumb. Everybody's right. a girl and everybody's a boy at the same time. And you're just a moron for thinking otherwise. And there's nothing I can do to change that. That's just where sure. the future is going, you know. I, I remember having a conversation with one of my friends one time. I was like, I said, uh, the present uh-huh. is, is always someone from the past's dystopia. Like today is somebody who lived in 1950. Yeah. If they looked at today, they'd be like, what kind of nightmare dystopia is 2020? Right. And I think it's just because things move on. Yeah. You're never going to win this conversation that you have with your kids because you'll be dead. And whatever dumb thing they think is just right. going to be what people think now. You know, you know? My, my grandma. Even, even if they're right or wrong or whatever, it doesn't matter. Grandma, if right and I love my grandma so much. And, and I remember being at her house one time and, and uh, we'd always, you know, grandma, tell, tell, tell me about. So she grew up in the 1920s in Oklahoma in this super – Right. In 1920 Oklahoma, right. everything was rural, but she was like, um, you know. <laughs> going to the dances. Yeah. This, this is, yes. Yeah, going to yeah. the, going to the, uh, yeah. the dances. And it was the inward dances. And we're like, what? Yeah. Right. And she's like, well, that's just what they called them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we're like, Grandma, you, you can't – Yeah, no, it's not you, cool. Yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't do that. And she's like, what? That's just what we called them. We're like, whatever. So we just yeah. we just left and we you know we never. I mean, I did, did I have this conversation during the podcast that got erased or was it in a previous one where I was talking about my grandfather and, but so he would always say, he was 
for a dude his age, mm-hmm. very open-minded cosmopolitan person, right? Mm-hmm. And he would always have these friends that were black. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, he would start talking about them and be like, there's this guy I know, he's black, but he's really nice. <laughs> and I, I I would yeah. hear that parenthetical yeah. and I'd be like, Grandpa, you don't need to... You don't I, need to say that. I actually yeah. grew up in a time where I thought that lots of right. black people could be nice people. <laughs> you know, right. They're just human beings. And I, for years, I just thought he was kind of bigoted. And then I realized, after a long time, it was because my grandmother was so bigoted oh, that every time he would mention a black person, she'd, like, flip out. Oh, wow. So he would always have to preface it. No, 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 no. This is a really yeah. nice guy. Like, he would have to defend this person just right. as soon as she heard that it was a black guy. And so I was here. It was like his – I was getting yeah. him wrong is what I'm saying. You know, it's a he, weird – He was actually super cool, like, as cool yeah. as you could be for somebody of that generation. It's a but, weird feeling. Like, you know, I, it's hard when – you're generationally different, right? Ignorant, perhaps. Loved ones start, you know, saying stuff like that, and that's uh, right. And I don't know. I mean, you know, kind of shows that the dynamics in, in in all in the family. Just to kind of bring it back, you've got you've we got probably meat, should you've got Meathead going after Archie all the time, right. and you've got uh, Sally Struthers. What's her her uh, Gloria? Gloria. You've got yeah. Gloria. You know, always sticking up for Meathead, mm-hmm. but she's not attacking Archie. She's she's sort of saying yeah she's sort of saying like you know well you know let's let's stop talking about this kind of stuff yeah he got Edith Edith is totally clueless right you know the whole time you know what his so what do you think is Archie's biggest point like what does he write about what does he write about Um, see I think when he when Rob Reiner's you know talking over his head and making mm -hmm. him look stupid and he's like why don't you get a job I think that's where Archie's right that's Archie's greatest. Like uh, virtue, you know, rhetorically speaking, when you when you're making an argument, you have to have your virtue lined up so nobody can attack your virtue. Archie's biggest point in favor of him is that he has a job yeah. that pays for the house that's over yeah. everybody's head. Right. And Rob Reiner should probably chill out. Yeah. About telling him he's an idiot and stuff like that. Right. It's like yeah. you're studying no, and no, not really ever going to support yeah. your family. Know your place. Know your yeah. Like yeah. well, no, yeah. no, yeah, but just like you know, yes, I'm I'm kind of a bigot, but it's because I haven't had the opportunity to go to school. Because I've been well, carrying I, his family I, on my back. I'm not enlightened, you know. right? He, he's not enlightened because, well, because he's a working actually man. That's actually a really you know? good point. Like, you, need, you need, you know, it takes time to be enlightened. That's right. You know? That's right. Well, especially in those days. Yeah. Today, we're all exposed to so much of the world. Right. You know, like it, you'd have to be pretty benighted to not just be a little more open-minded in this day and age. Because even the poorest person has a phone and a computer. Sure. You know, yeah. learn about the world. But like in those days, you didn't know about the world unless you went to college. Yeah. You know, where would you learn about it? You wouldn't know anything. And this is a guy from New York City, the most cosmopolitan place on the face of the right. earth at that time. And he's still pretty humble, educational, you know, pretty ignorant person. Well, it's because he's working so much, right? Right, exactly. So that's where I think you got to, at some point, you got to be like, well, Archie's got a point. Yeah. You know, but otherwise, you know. That is a fantastic point. And that's, a, that's a really good point. I mean, you know, it is really, really easy to knock on past generations. You know, mm-hmm. and say yep. these people were totally ignorant and they're racist and they're biased and they're bigoted and everything else. But looking back at it today, man, we have a lot of luxury, a lot of a lot of time, yes. you know, yes, we uh, do. to to luxuriate yeah. uh, versus, geez, even 20, 30, 40 years ago. You know, right. That's that's a great point. I mean, so my grandpa. So the way we got here in New Mexico, my great grandpa was in Florida. The car broke down. Driving to somewhere else, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, it's pretty much he, everyone's uh, story. He had, uh, he had, um, it's not tuberculosis. They called it something else. They called consumption. it consumption. Yeah, consumption. That's tuberculosis. That's in in uh, Florida, and they said you got to go to a dry climate. Came uh, out, came out to New Mexico in like 1900. Okay. He worked at a pretty famous ranch called Hondo Ranch um, in southern New Mexico. Okay. Worked there for about five years. Was cured of consumption. Hmm. Moved to outside of Roswell, New Mexico. Right. And uh, started an apple farm, and was okay. had a really successful apple farm up until like the 1930s, and that's how we're here. My uh, grandpa was born, and and he was you know apple farmer. And do you do you know where he lived in Florida? What's that? Where do you live in Florida? I could find out. I don't, I don't off the top of my head. I don't, I don't remember. Um, my family was from Florida, northern Florida. My I've grandmother's got, side of the family was from northern Florida, but she would have been the generation after. She was born around 08. So she would have been okay. a little older than what you're talking about. But. Yeah, I can, I, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, so that's, the point is like, that was difficult, right? Think about how difficult that would have been. There's no cars. 
You know, there's mm -hmm. no highway, no trails. You know, there, there would have been a trail, but there's nothing carved out. There's no cars, as I said. There's, there's In something like 1902, like right yeah. after the invention of the automobile, mm -hmm. a bunch of people got together and put together a race with these, you know, like, you know, like basic, basic models of automobile right. and a race from New York City to Seattle. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to do like a movie about that. That'd be so cool. What would that have been like to try to cross the, the, the country? The first cannonball run? In like 1899. First you know? cannonball run. Yeah, first run, cannonball right? run, but right. circa 1899. <laughs> like, what would that, you know, what would you have been running into? Like, wounded What's slower than a wounded cannonball, knee though? happened like eight years before that. <laughs> yeah. like, like, the West was a very different place. What is like, slower than a cannonball? Because that's, it wouldn't have been a cannonball run. It would have been. Oh, cannonball is pretty fast, right? Yeah. So what? It, what's slower than that? Catapult a run. Bow, a bow shot. <laughs> Cat a bow shot express. Catapult yeah. run. Longbow express. Yeah. Just, so it's, I killed uh, it. Give me a little bit of. Give me some seltzer. You got any seltzer over there? Just some seltzer over here. Gee. I got to get back to use. Uh, this time living out here, I didn't get into y'all again. I picked up y'all yeah. in New Orleans, and everybody didn't like that. I didn't think had, they didn't have use in New York, did they? Yeah. Yeah. You, New York is use. I thought use was uh, Pittsburgh. Yins. Yins. Oh, is Yins Pittsburgh. is Pittsburgh. Yins. Use is Brooklyn. People say use every once in yeah. a while. You got to be kind of old school, but every once in a while you hear somebody say Yins uh, guys. These uh, guys. You guys. These guys gonna come over. You know. Yins guys use. come over here. Yeah, yeah but it's, yeah. you only use use if you drop guys, because I say you guys, but apparently that's gendered and it's problematic today, so we all have to say y'all. <laughs> Or use oh. or yins. Actually, I got I got called out or something. You know, teaching class, I got called out for saying saying guys. you guys. Yeah, you guys. It doesn't mean anything. It's, just, it's stupid. And I, and, and just tell just tell just tell them you identify them as as guys. Right. They well, might not actually be guys, but you identify. Problem them as guys. is, yeah. let's not open that can of worms. Let's get you fired. Come on, yeah. get into it. <laughs> right? Why not? The, one of the reasons that uh, Carol O'Connor was picked for this role was because of his accent. He oh, was that a legit accent? Yeah, okay. he had a legit accent. He, Did you ever he, see um, In the Heat of the Night? Exactly. Because didn't he have a, he's like a southern drawl in that and, one, And right? it's a great accent. It he, sounds legit. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's pretty uh, pretty yeah. believable. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, that's a good show, too. That, that's, when I go to my uh, in-law's house, they have, apparently there's a TV station or uh, TV channel that plays nothing but stuff from the 80s. Okay. A hit from, for people that are old. And, uh, right, like us. Yeah, no, in-laws, my in-laws. Oh, okay, because I watch stuff from the 80s. Well, I watch it too, but that's all they have it on. And uh, so they watch The Heat of the Night, and I'm like, he's a really, he's a, you know, a really that good That was a actor. good show. That yeah. was a good show. One of the detectives on it is his son, his, uh -huh. ado his adopted son. I know who you're talking about, okay? yeah. He, he died, like a murdered or something, right? No, he died from an overdose. He was, uh, uh, he was okay. unfortunately, he was uh, in drugs, and, and yeah. they kind of never got over that, and... Uh, I think he left most of his money towards like a like a drug addiction foundation or something mm. like that. It's a big guy. I can picture him, right? It's a great big guy. With no, him. that was Bubba. That was that was an ex football player. He was kind of the scrawny guy that had. Oh, that, okay. that was another one of the. Yeah, the I remember the big guy. He looks like a football yeah. player. It's probably Bubba. Yeah, yeah um, more of a you know kind of a slender guy. You're a southerner. Is Bubba short for something? <laughs> How am I a southerner? New Mexico? Where the hell's New Mexico if it's not in the southwest? South? It's not it's the not, south, man. It is not the no. It's I'm totally sorry, different. Las Cruces is Texas. No, are you out this of your Texas. mind? This is Texas. You are out of your mind. This is a Mexican version of Texas, but no, this is Texas. No, Carl, Carlsbad is Texas. El Paso is New Mexico. You gotta, you gotta. Oh, okay. If El Paso is New Mexico, yeah. then fine. But this is yeah. definitely El Paso is the dominant culture here, I think. But uh, okay, no, fine. We are not Texas. We are right. totally different. Texas. Paso could be New Mexico. I could see that. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. But they're, the, they're, the New Mexico, okay, the New so, Mexico, I picture so going El Paso. Up El Paso is the only Democrat voting section in the entire state. Mm, uh, it, it, no, no, it is no, because no, the big is. cities are blue now. I know, but downtown Dallas, downtown Houston, well, those are blue districts I, I know, as well. But, but the rest of Texas is red. Yeah, I know, clearly, yeah. But El Paso is all blue. San Antonio's blue. They have Democrat, uh, you know, reps in, yeah. in in this part of Texas. So, yeah, yeah it's it's totally New Mexico. Beto. Oh, that guy's Beto, the brightest white dude I've ever seen. Dude, but for some reason, he's called <laughs> Beto. That guy's. A, that guy's. A, that's a weird <laughs> anomaly. I don't know. Yeah. I'll just say it. the guy's. A, I'd like to root for a local boy, but it's kind of weird. That guy's an idiot. He really is. Sally, so, Sally Struthers is has the most annoying voice of any person. Do you on have television. a dollar? Can you uh, give a dollar to support these, a child? These poor children yes. have to go to 
Back and forth, twenty miles. When I was watching to, the show, oh I forgot. I, that used to be that used to be the stereotype of Sally Struthers. But what, I forgot that I was thinking about these these commercials they used to play uh-huh. for. Oh, what was the thing called? It was like African. Oh, it was like a course. No, 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 not that, not that. This was like a correspondence school, uh-huh. and it was like all these things you could learn. And it was like a list of like 20 subjects you could learn. Uh-huh. Like you get your commercial driver's license, you know, <laughs> gun repair. I always remember. Gun repair. That's awesome. Taxidermy. Taxidermy, yeah. <laughs> it was like, what the heck? Yeah. Was, it was like the Lincoln, Lincoln's, Lincoln Trucker School or something like that's that. Fantastic. Lincoln Technical School maybe. I, is that what it was? I yeah. don't know. Lincoln I, don't know. I think that's what it was. Lincoln Tech. Lincoln Tech is what Lincoln it was called. Lincoln Tech. Yeah. That's fantastic. And she used to do these commercials for Lincoln Tech and one of them was gun repair. And I was always like, Wow. I mean, the, only, the only one I remember is her, her talking about the uh, the poor little African kids with right. flies. Yeah, all that over was the, the stereotypical yeah. one. Yes, yes, yes. Oh God, and it, you know, growing up, growing up, growing up in the '80s with that, listening to it, it was total flashbacks. That's all I could get. Yeah, you stole my biggest surprise. Which is my what? biggest surprise was the British origins of the show. I had no oh, idea. God. I actually think that's pretty cool. I think that's a good one. So. Yeah, that's very surprising to me, especially Sanford and Sons. I would have not watched Sanford and Sons. I don't see any British DNA in that <laughs> show, but right. fair enough. I, you know, because mostly it's about class. Yeah. A lot of these, a lot of these, yeah. a lot of American things that are nominally about race are really about class. Yeah, race really is usually yeah. actually about class in America yeah. in a lot of ways. It's a minor point that I thought was surprising about the show. Okay, he. I watched the episode where he writes a letter to the president. Okay. I think it might have been the second or third episode. Like after we saw the pilot, but I watched a couple more. And um, he goes to write the letter, and he takes a stamp, and he licks the stamp and sticks it to the envelope. Okay. I was like, did you used to have to lick stamps? <laughs> did they not have, in, were they not self-adhesive back, in the Back 70s? in the day, like, yeah. I, always, I never had to lick a stamp. Did you? Are you kidding me? Yeah. How old are you? Two? I thought there was always you pull them off and no, stuff. No, of course not. Really? Yes. All right. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. I was literally like, I don't remember ever licking stamps. There's even like, like tropes about licking stamps. Yeah, it sounds familiar now, but I'm like, I don't remember doing it. George Costanza's fiance died. Oh, by li- yeah. Yeah, because he, he bought, no, those are the envelopes. Bought cheap envelopes. Licking she, envelopes. Yeah, yeah. Licking envelopes, like, those still exist. I always buy but self-adhesive envelopes because I can't stand them. I got married in 1997. Okay. I think. Yeah, I had to lick every one of those doggone stamps. 1997. I was in college, so I was old enough to have theoretically gotten married. Can I tell you a quick story? Don't tell anybody this. It's really okay. funny. Okay. Okay. No one will hear this. Yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, the glory of my golden. My, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, this is not but, going uh, out. You know. To the, so, so uh, Regina, my wife's like, uh, all right. So you, you need to uh, buy some stamps, send out our invitations. To is all, this going to present all, your wife in a your good friends. or a bad light? No, very good. Send out invitations to all of all of your friends and family, not okay. mine, because she's got hers, right? So I'm like, sure, no problem. So I get all the invitations, get them all labeled, everything else. Next thing, I need to go get stamps, right? So I go down to the post office, and I, and I get some stamps. Okay. Put the stamps on, lick the envelopes, send them all out. Who was on the stamp? That's what she asked me. Yeah. And I said, huh. Fat Elvis? I said, I don't know. So <laughs> hold on a second. <laughs> Let me go check. Cesar Chavez? And she's like, wait, what? You, you don't know? What, what the stamp was that you put on them? Like, well, there are stamps. Right. It was like 25 cents it's at the time. Bird, state bird of Iowa. Yeah, I don't, you know, know, I don't was, pay attention to this. So I went back. Yeah. It, was the, uh, it was the first black general of the United States Army. Okay. was a stamp. So what? Oh, well, I, apparently I should have picked love or a heart oh. or something that had something to do with weddings. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. I'm like, but honey, this is historic. It's the yeah. first black General, yeah, you should have been States like, Army. "What are you not woke?" I, I mean, mean, come it, on, yeah, you know, yeah. She's never let me live that down, oh. and and jeez, and on occasion, your families are racist. <laughs> apparently what? so. My, not my a, family. That's not a me. Wonder, that's a wonderful story. Not me, my wife. Yeah, yeah, not me. So your wife's family, whatever. Yeah, my wife. Yeah. My wife is. Yeah. So I remember once it, I got. <laughs> My grandmother or my great aunt, I don't remember who, but I picked a birthday card for them and I didn't realize they had mahogany birthday cards. <laughs> and I got her like a, you know, happy birthday, but it was like with black people on it. And I was just like, oh, I bought a birthday card and yeah. they got it. And my grandmother was like, what is it? Like, I was like, I, I don't know. It's just a birthday card. I, who cares? You know? I think I, I bought her a, either a birthday or an anniversary card at one time mm-hmm. that said the opposite of what it was 
supposed to be. And I can't remember now. It's like F you for your birthday? No, 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 you no, no, I hope no. your birthday goes down in no, flames. No, 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 no. It was either happy anniversary and I bought it for her birthday. Oh, or it was happy birthday and I bought it for our anniversary. Are they close? Are the dates close? Not at all. Oh, okay. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> no. But it was just, the sentiment was <laughs> wonderful. And I was like, it's so pretty. And so yeah. I got it. Yeah, and then after I had it, like, like the the there's day a, the day Hannibal, I was the day I was giving it to her I was like oh my god they, <laughs> they were talking about that in the the first episode of All in the Family with the greeting cards and the oh, thing, right, the right, thing right, that's written right, in them right, there's, right, there's right. a Hannibal Burris bit where he's like talking yeah. about how you go to the store and you pick this card and you yeah. look at it and you're like yeah that's <laughs> I would say <laughs> <laughs> well I've seen I've seen another bit I can't remember it was like women will spend like literally and it's true like an hour and a half finding the right card guy walks in grabs a six pack of beer. Yeah, well, looks good. Hey, those those people on the front are funny. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what happens every time. I'll look. I'll look in this inside and make sure it's not too flowery and not. Well, now too I'll goofy, look just you know, to make like, sure it's not like anniversary. We'll make sure it's the right occasion probably, at least. Yeah, you want to make yeah. sure it's the right occasion at the very <laughs> least. I feel like. Yeah. As feminist men of the 20th, yeah. 21st century, we should at least make sure to. Thank you, honey, for being married to me. For, I know. For so yes, long. So. Yes. I, uh, thank you. Thank you, uh, Regina, as well. You're doing yeah. the Lord's work. That's right. Yes, you are. Anyway, so listen, this is um, my pick for a show. So 1971, it came out. 1972, it won uh, best, new co- or best Comedy. Okay. Uh, 72 won Best Actor in a Comedy. Okay. And it did that for five straight years. Okay. Right, right. There's we never, talked about this yeah. um, the last time we recorded this episode. Is that yeah, there's only three shows ever to be five years running yep. number one in America. I think it was Seinfeld, All in the Family, Bill Cosby. No, Seinfeld didn't even manage oh, it. Did. That's how amazing that feat is. It's it's the Cosby Show. It's this, and it's like one of the reality shows where you're competing for. It's not like a real show. It's like yeah, yeah, the, the Great Voice, Race, or the something. Voice, or something yeah, like that. Something like it's one of the singing ones. But anyway, that doesn't count. But but, um, but the point is, it's so rare. I mean, and this, and this, right. this one, right. this one, um, and Cosby is canceled. So the only show that's still on right. the cultural mindset, it's gotta be, this gotta is the be, only right? one. I mean, it's a big, it's a huge show. And, and it's, you, you and think it's, about the shows that didn't do that. Cheers never mm-hmm. did that. Um, right. MASH never did that. What are the other real, yeah, like you said, well, Seinfeld, Seinfeld never yeah. did that. And that's friends. That's pretty I mean, illustrious on, friends. It's pretty yeah, illustrious. Yeah. Come modern yeah. family. It's pretty illustrious yeah. company to not match up to this show. So. So this this show, accolades wise, and like you know, it is so smart. I mean, you watch it. It so is. It's so, still fun. So, so it's even fun. now, yeah. uh, you know, as far away, re- as far removed as we are from 1971, yeah, it still makes sense. It's so what I would have imagined my parents' life being like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they lived with their parents at right. this very time in a house that would look just like this. The same conflicts. Yeah. Them being the college graduates. And my God. grandparents not being, and just, it would have been the same conversations, yeah. I imagine. You know, very, very similar. Yeah. Very, very similar conversations. It's such, a, so, it's such a fantastic To me, show. that has a resonance in itself. But I also think if I sat down and watched this with my daughter, like I said about the generational conflicts, I think anybody could get those generational yeah. conflicts. Anybody yeah. who's like reasonably attuned to the well, differences in time, yeah. clearly this would be, I would never yeah. say the things Archie Bunker would say, but she probably would watch it and she'd be like, that sounds like when you talk about trans people, Dad. Right. You know, something like, like that. Like yeah. Something like that. You know, yeah. that sounds like when you say people shouldn't be on their phones all day, or they right. shouldn't play video yeah. games all Just day, or whatever. Something you know, whatever yeah. the hell it is that I'm wrong yeah. about. Yeah. So, or that I will be deemed to be wrong about right. when I'm dead. Not, right. not that I'm actually wrong, but it's just, it's just, uh, you know, it's a fantastic. Well, anyway, I'm gonna stop, uh, you know, judging it up. It's all, it's all on you. What do you think? I'm dead. I'm in. I'm all right. In. I'm all in. This, all is, right. this is a classic. I think this one would hold up uh, for, for anybody of any generation. I think this is something you could come back to over the years and laugh at in different ways. It's very well done. I think it marked the era. This gets in the Hall of Fame as far, the as, far as I'm concerned. Maybe right. not on moral principles. Maybe, it, you know, Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame. Maybe this shouldn't be either, but whatever. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Well, thank you once again for joining us on this episode of Toasting the Classics. Toasting the Classics. That's right. Next, next time is going to be a book. It Do you remember book. what book it is? Have you yeah, started the reading? Virginian. The Virginian and, uh, by Owen Wister. And, Recommended uh, yeah. to me. This is a right turn from everything we've done. We haven't done any westerns, have we? Uh, we did the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Oh, that's right, we did. Yeah. So we've done a film. We've done a western yeah. film. But in terms of western novels, it's not a huge genre for me. Even though every time I've read a western novel, I've enjoyed it mm-hmm. um, because I just 
I think a Western novel can evoke the West and the romance of the West in a way that other things can't. Uh, So I do enjoy them. But I'd never read this. I had this recommended to me by a crazy person who loves the West and is very conservative. And so I was like terrified of what I might find (laughs) in this book. But I thought it might be fun to read anyway with all that. So I'm reading it right now and we'll talk about it next time. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. And uh, um, hopefully these things actually friggin' work. Yeah. So. Oh, what a tragedy. I know. What a tragedy. You have, you guys have no idea how brilliant we sounded the last no, time. Th- we those this were episode. really, um, I mean. That was yeah. comedy gold, intellectual gold, pearls of wisdom that we were spouting out. And unfortunately, you just have to take our word on that. So That's right. For Toast and Classics, this is Clint. Do you have a last name? Lanier. Are you trying to keep it on the DL? You want to be like, just okay. Clint. Clint. No. This is Clint Eastwood. Well, I'm, I'm trying to to uh, to. Clint. What's be, Clint? Clint the uh, the um. Be a little bit more personal Hawkeye. with our. What's Hawkeye's last? Is Clint? Hawkeye. Hawkeye in the Avengers is Clint oh, something. Clint uh, Burton. Barnett. Or Barnett or something like that. Clint, Bar- Bar- Clint Barton. Barton. Yeah. Clint Barton. Those are the famous Clint's. You're the third most famous Clint in my mind. Am I? I think so. Well, Barton Eastwood. Top those are five. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty good. All right. Dave, there's a lot of Daves out there. There's a lot of Daves. Yeah. I'm not even in the top 50. Yeah. It's fine. I get it. <laughs> I get it. If my name was Aloysius, Aloysius. everybody would remember like me, that. but uh, that's not happening. For Toasting the Classics, Dave MacArthur, Clinton Lanier, we're peacing out. See you guys next time with the Virginian. That's it. Peace. Peace. That's it for episode 45 of Toasting the Classics. For those playing along at home, get some Wyoming whiskey for our trip to the frontier with Owen Wister's Virginian. If you'd like to get in touch, please send us an email at toastingtheclassics at gmail.com. Send us show ideas, comments, complaints, and let me know the results if you watch this show with your millennials. Check out my blog at theattractivenuisance.com and follow us on Twitter at @reactivenuisance. Our music was written by Michelle MacArthur. See you next time on Toasting the Classics.